Welcome to episode 62 of No Shot Clock, the Chicago High School Basketball Podcast. It's kind of hard to believe, but this is the fourth year, kicking off season number four. I am Mike O'Brien from the Chicago Sun-Times, here as always with the City Suburban Hoops Report's Joe Hendrickson. How you doing, Joe? I'm good. And Today we, we record this on the day the high school basketball season starts with practices. Games begin in a couple of weeks, so... Obviously, a lot to talk about any preseason, but we—I know you put out some a little uh, reminder to the the listeners for some questions. You got a bunch of those, and do a little bit of recruiting news as this is signing week as well as we head into uh, to a big day for a lot of seniors across the state of Illinois. Yeah, we're gonna keep it kind of simple, a little shorter maybe than usual on this episode. We're gonna hit your questions and do the signing day, like Joe said, and leave it at that. We'll hit you up with some season preview stuff starting next week. Joe's already done a really nice job with a bunch of stories on the website to start you out with that, so you can go check those out. But uh, let's, I guess let's start with the questions, right, Joe? Why not? Signing day isn't very exciting (laughs) around here. Um, So let's go Douglas Hammer. Um, First question here, he says he has one and only one question. Assess... Providence St. Mel's move to 1A, he has in parentheses, to avoid or, and you know since we qualify enrollment-wise, and it's chances to go to state. So he basically, Doug wants to know what we think of St. Mel's move to 1A, it's chances to go to state. Well, I think, I mean, Mike, I, I uh, in one of those stories that you mentioned, the preview stories, one of them was most improved teams, and Providence St. Mel was listed as one of those teams for a lot of different reasons. I think across the board, and and you know when we were talking about these different types of teams in the Chicago Catholic League that play a tougher schedule, the Catholic League now has two divisions, and St. Mel I think is going to prosper from the fact they are in quote unquote the second division based on enrollment, based on recent success. So St. Mel is a lot back. I mean, Tim Irvin, the point guard, Teon Neal, the big man, 6'9", 6'10", which obviously you don't find very many 6'9", 6'10", guys in class uh, or any small school basketball, 1A or 2A. And and then they've got Jason Mead, a 6'4", junior, who's really underrated, athletic wing. Tyrell Nelson was the second-leading scorer last year for St. Mel, and he's back. So I, I think St. Mel is just – ready to really break through as far as being a, a, a team that, well, he's mentioned in 1A, but I, mean, I think they're going to be a factor in their division in the Catholic League as well and really probably double their win total. I think they won, I can't remember now, but not a whole lot of games. I think it was single digits, and I think they'll double that this year. Yeah, almost every – they played a brutal schedule last year. It was one of those things where they played some pretty good teams, ranked or cusp of ranked, kind of close – but then the, just the losses piled up and piled up. So they definitely took their lumps. You know, Jason Mason is one of the players that I've really seen with a spark there. I do have an inside source at Providence St. Mel, so I can tell you they did pick up three transfers. Um, none of the three which I remember seeing play, but Sam Harrington from Stevenson, um, which is the youngest brother of the Harringtons. And, Roddy and Willie. Yeah. 
So that's an interesting one. Stevenson to Providence St. Mel. You don't see that every day. And uh, Dion Jackson from Simeon, who's a football player, and Eric Jordan from St. Joe's. So there are a lot of bodies and a lot of possibilities for St. Mel. And with 1A, I mean, you never know. I was thinking this morning, could a team from the west side of Chicago win all four classes? St. Mel or... Two's your 3A. Uh, 3A is the, is the tough one. Um, I think Hope Academy got bumped up uh, because they won. But 3A would have to be, you know, a Farragut. Well, uh, as long uh, as Morgan Park's on the south side, I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, that's the 3A. There are some contenders, but yeah, that's the one where it would be the toughest. No, you're obviously young in 4A. But yeah, 3A, it's tough to see. But it's not out of the realm of possibility <laughs> that a. Uh, the West side could bring home all four titles. Um, all right. Next question. Let's get this rolling. Brady Roberts. Oh boy. I'm deeply unprepared for this question. <laughs> Mike and Joe, what five Thanksgiving tournaments are you looking forward to the most this year? <laughs> Brady, we're going to have to get back at you. Um, I'm supposed to be Oh, breaking news. This is actually worthwhile for the question. I think I'm going to get the schedule this weekend guys. So, I'll post it right away when I get it. So I think maybe Sunday I'll be getting the schedule for Thanksgiving week and I'll post that. And then we can talk about this maybe next week, Brady. Let's see. Next up, Alex Andre with a question. Oh, I like this one. Um, And I also like how it was addressed just to Joe. (laughs) Alex Andre says he has two questions. The first one is Joe. Who do you predict will be better in college? Charlie Moore or Io, Io Dosumu? That is, I think it's tougher than a lot of people would. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah, I is. think some people are, well, what do you mean? I mean, Io is higher ranked and a bigger name and going to Illinois or whatever. I, I think it's a really tough call. And I, I think, well, first of all, they're very different types of point guards, completely different. I, I think Charlie Moore, though, is getting exactly what he needed almost accidentally because of the transfer, but a year off as a red shirt, you know, sitting out the transfer year, getting bigger, stronger, advancing his game as a floor leader. Uh, that is a tough call. Um, Joe, I'm going to bail you. I, I think it's unfair to have to pick now. You can't judge. He hasn't even played his senior well, year. Well, yeah, I mean, that's also a prediction question. I mean, yeah, I, f- I, I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, right now, what would you project? What Charlie Moore or Iota Sumo would have a better? The question was a better college career. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Io simply because he's got the 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 height and the length and some of those things that definitely bode well at, at the high major level. And, uh, but I, I just think I'm a big Charlie Moore believer and talking with the people at Kansas, how excited they are, uh, of what they think he can become. I mean, Charlie's a scoring point guard. Io can score, but he's also more of a distributor, make people around him better too. Uh, yeah, but I think they're both going to have terrific college careers. Yeah, Alex doesn't care about my opinion, so I get I'm off the hook. Uh, but but I wouldn't have I would have declined. I I don't like 
trying to judge somebody's college career before I've even seen them play the senior year of high school. No, that's that's true. I mean, this is a big year, obviously, for yeah. Iota and, and and what he can show and, and where his games come and evolved from a year ago. Uh, Alex's other question, how good is DJ Stewart, the kid from Fenwick? <laughs> uh, if you were in Peoria in March or watched on TV, I think that question should be answered for you. But I guess the question here maybe, Joe, is, what was his summer like? His spring and summer like? What does the rest of the country think of DJ Stewart? Where does he kind of stand now? Now he really opened eyes spring and and, and and into July because, you know, he was. Well, I mean, it's hard for freshmen to make a huge, huge impact, and we saw him make a monstrous impact, leading scorer for a team that finished second in the state as a freshman, and then the national people were able to see. His game, and the thing that excites me, that excites evaluators, and excites college coaches is he's just start, starting to scratch the surface. He's still got such a long way to go physically. Uh, his game's still coming, and all that bodes so well for the the, the, the high ceiling and uh, upside type of prospect. And, you know, he's been ranked now at least by one um, national rankings among the top 30 players in his class. So, yeah, he's, a, he's one of the few – legitimate high major prospects he has not grown a whole lot uh i was hoping he would keep you know get to six four six five down the road he still has not grown a whole bunch so uh, i think his overall floor game continues to get better uh in terms of being a true pure guard so yeah i mean the, the sky's the limit for dj stewart and uh it's why fenwick is is going to be among the top right top 10 12 teams in the chicago area yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him over the next three years. One of the, with some rough classes coming up, it's really going to be nice to watch these younger kids. Um, next question is from I, not a full name here. It's just G Leak is on the uh, email, but it's an interesting question. He says, "With Javon Mamon out of Hyde Park, what is next for the program?" And another question: How good will Bogan be this season? Um, the new coach, you know, I have not confirmed this. Sorry, I've been busy with a million things, but I'm pretty confident that the new coach at um, Hyde Park is Antonio Wiltz from the Old Gold AAU program. He's been an assistant. He's been around. You know, people in the city know him. That, to me, on really short notice, that sounds like a pretty solid hire for Hyde Park to me. Yeah, I, I think they need some stability. Uh, and I think the arrival of Kenwood on the scene several years back, right there in the neighborhood, has kind of stolen some of the thunder and the potential at Hyde Park, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's um, it's a program that is not they've kind of plateaued and have not been able to take that next step over the past decade. Uh, and now that we the shift in public league uh, divisions, super conference, and things, I mean, I just it'll be interesting to see where that program goes going forward. Yeah, because it's one of those, it also, it, it has the support of the CPS, which sounds like a weird thing to say, but it's a program a lot of people that are important in the CPS care about. So I, I would bet that they're going to get every kind of helping hand they can get. It'll be interesting to see what Antonio does there, because yeah, talent is always going to arrive at that school, no doubt. Um, the Bogan question is a really good one, because they're a fascinating team this year. You know, a lot of really young hyped guards, you know, Jeremiah Washington. But, you know, I, I have a feeling they're going to be a lot better than people realize because 
their players kind of, to me, not to, you know, rip anybody, but they fall into the category of really, really good high school players and maybe not top-notch prospects. I'm thinking of Rashawn Agee, for example. He's the 6'5", 6'6", junior. He's a force in high school basketball. Yeah, I think he's a – you're right. But he's also, you know, he's blooming. And he's he's becoming a little bit more intriguing as a prospect. And I'm a huge Jeremiah Washington fan. Yeah. Huge. And I, I think he's ready to blossom as well. Uh, but they have this <laughs> endless list of players that that, I mean – Goody there, Arthur Goodwin could go eight, nine, ten deep, and they got a transfer from from Atlanta. His name is Dominic Franklin, who's going to be an impact. He's a sophomore, impact sophomore. So Bogan, you know, I've got your handful of publicly, I don't know, not superpower, I guess, but just the the five elite that I think are going to kind of be head and shoulders above everybody, and I think Bogan is right there with them, just just one notch below but with the potential to really cause some problems for those those heavyweights and it would not be you know shocking at all for Bogan to knock one or two of them off during the course of the season this, this winter yeah i mean there's just a lot of capable ball handers you talked about Washington Jordan Booker Cortez Bailey Courtney Fields and if you look around the city there is not i mean very few teams have that stone cold rebounding force that you can count on, and they're going to have that. And so if those guards can kind of up their level, they could be, they're definitely a team to watch and a team to keep an eye on. And the way the new schedule is with the Super League, that's going to be one of the first things everybody's looking at the super, with the Super Conference. Do I have to go to Bogan this year, <laughs> or are they coming to me? Because right. that's not and, fun. And, and so many of those games are, it's interesting, I know this is another topic, but so many of those games are going to be played in December, where, I mean, we know what, I mean, December basketball is different than what we see in January. And it just is. And, you know, the public league is going to be a lot of games being played in December with the new, with the schedule. Yeah. It's something I still have not wrapped my entire head around, but yeah, it's definitely going to be a much different year in the city. Okay. Let's um, move on. Next question is from Jeff. Looks like Jeff Doherty. Can you look into your crystal ball and predict the surprise team for 2018, like Wheaton for 2018, like Wheaton Warrenville South was last year? Yeah, I mean that's been a common question I've gotten over yeah. the last few months: is who's the next Wheaton South? Who's the next Fremd? And when you're talking who those schools are, or what you're really saying are, what you're really saying is who's an unranked team because. If you've got a team ranked in your rankings or the rankings I or whoever, and and they rattle off these types of seasons, it's yeah. Sometimes it surprises you, but it's not. It doesn't come out of out of nowhere. What Frem did last year and Wheat Warmville South, it, it was out of nowhere, and I, I think it's hard to to expect to replicate that. I, I mean, it's an intriguing question or an interesting question to ask at this time of the year, obviously, but I think it's really hard to, um, yeah, I mean, I, and I feel like they're a little, he didn't, he mentioned Wheaton Warrenville South, which is the correct one because that was a hundred percent out of left field. I feel like, whereas Fremd, you know, that'd been a good program, you know, oh, yeah, for no a question, good program. I just mean the 30, exactly, 30 and yeah. 0, 
getting to Peoria, I mean... Playing well at Peoria. Right. I mean, <laughs> they almost... I mean, they played the state champions as well as you could play them. And uh, Whitney Young in that semifinal game. And uh, it was a magical season. There, there was a lot of magical seasons last year. You really, you really think about it. But, I mean, Bolingbrook played better than even anybody anticipated. But they were ranked. Uh, but they were dominant. And then they got to, back to Peoria. But it wasn't shocking that they were really good. It's just I think they played above and beyond even what was expected yeah. of them. Uh, Geneva had another unbelievable run. Uh, so, well, what do you, know, you think? I mean, do, you, do you have any uh, contenders? I'll throw a couple of teams that I don't see. I haven't delved into my rankings wholeheartedly, and I don't think I think you're still working on yours. Uh, like a team like a Lake Zurich, uh, I think is going to be really good. They may even crack my top 25 in the preseason, possibly. Uh, I, I think they've got a chance to, to to put together a special season, but it's just hard to say. Well, yeah, they're going to go. <laughs> I mean, what they what we South did last year was amazing. And yeah, yeah, it, it's hard. I don't think I don't. I have a list, a short list of teams here. I'd be I, much more willing to say, Mike. I would. I would bet the feel that no one is going to do that. Yeah, I mean, no, that's definitely. That's the smart money. I think it's rare what Wheaton South did. It, that's why it was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's why it was so special, yeah. But, Jeff, I'll give you – these are the teams. You know, I am knee, literally knee-deep in the basketball preview now, you know, putting together who's back, who's got what. So I, I figured that maybe the best way to address this question was just who's got a lot back that – wasn't any good last year, really. So you could see an improvement there, and maybe if things go crazy, they could wind up bigger. I think a really interesting team in the city is Lane Tech. They've got a, a ton of size, crazy size, like three or four guys over 6'4", and I, I think they're a really well-coached team. I think it could be a really fascinating group, but then it's weird because they're in the white. They're not in the super conference, but I think it was a mistake. They should be up there, but they're a team to keep an eye on. They're not going to be ranked, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them have a really great year. Next up new trail. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll be in a good, uh, uh, Thanksgiving tournament too. Yeah, exactly. Prep, Lane tech. And I, so I'll probably check them out early. I'm planning on that. Um, there's some, other, there's another good team or two in that as well. Um, next I was thinking new Trier. I don't think I'm going to have them in the super 25, but they're loaded with prospects and size. They've got guard experience. Um, yeah, they got three back. guys back. Yeah, yeah, they're one of my most improved teams as well. Exactly, yeah. So I think they're one to keep an eye on. And this one, this is sort of out of left field. But St. Charles North has an awful lot back. And so does St. Charles East. Yeah. and I, Well, I think St. Charles East might be in my rankings. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're a little off. But St. Charles North has um, – Callahan and Ludwig back, <laughs> the little <laughs> brothers, Kyle King, you know, six, five kid. And, and they've been an interesting program the last few years. So maybe keep an eye on them. And I think the one, this probably doesn't qualify because they're going to be in the super 25, I think, but Willowbrook. Yeah. I mean, they won, you know, they won their league last year. Yeah, so they, it's not really out of nowhere, but maybe they're went, the team that could be at state. They went 24 and five last year. So yeah, I mean, I, they're a, they're a bona fide ranked team. Uh, but that, you know, it's a good question, but a really tough one. It is. Um, all right. Let's see. Next up, Daniel Day. 
What are your thoughts on Kenwood's team, and how far do you think they'll go? Are they contenders? Are they missing pieces? What are your thoughts? Thanks. Yeah, I think they're an outlier of, of those top teams, again, in the public league. R.T. Stapleton, a point guard, is going to really open some eyes. Uh, I, 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 I mean, they lost they lost some, some, some key pieces, and... I mean, I think they're going to be very, very competitive. I think they're they're young. They're going to get better. They've got some good young players right now, juniors and sophomores, that I think are going to uh, to just continue and grow and get better. But uh, I, I don't see them being a public league championship type of contender. Uh, but they're going to be a, a very good quality team, probably a ranked team in and out this year of the top 25. Yeah, I mean, R.J. McGee, who, I mean, exploded onto the season last year at the Elite Classic. Nas Turner is back, who everybody's heard a lot about. They lost their guard, though. Um, transferred out the sophomore kid. Antonio Reeves. Yeah, yeah, they lost him. If he was back, I mean, they would have been – might have started the year in the rankings, I think. But I'm guessing that there's probably some a lot of stuff there I don't know about. I want to check out Ken Woods soon. Um, they're an interesting group. They're falling into that Bogan category, I think, right now, um, where I wouldn't count them out. But no. yeah, I mean, they're they're going to play hard. Uh, they, like you said, Nas Turner's a terrific athlete, six six, athletic big. Uh, uh, Andrew Stewart, a shooter, the Stewart brothers. I mean, it, 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 Andrew and Elijah. So I mean, they're they've got pieces. Um, it's just again, I think. A lot's going to have to come together. They've got a transfer, I know, um, a transfer kid from, I think, Wisconsin that, that, that came in. So, I, again, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be, again, right, right below those upper echelon teams in the public league. All right. I think that we are through all of them. My email inbox is a mess, and I did not print these There out. is one. Okay, um, you know, one more good. Well, I was off the top of my head. Oh. <laughs> it was about uplift, wasn't there? Was one about uplift and what? Oh what yeah. The, uh, it was basically similar to the question of these other ones, just the transfers that have come into uplift. How good would they be without Demarius Jacobs? You know, Got Marquise, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marquise. Sorry, I found it. Uh, Quinn Curry. Um, how good do you think uplift can be without Demarius Jacobs with the addition of some solid transfers is the first yeah, they, question. They, I mean, they've got some – I mean, Taraz Dobbs is back, uh, big body, 6'5 yeah. wing. Uh, Michael Flanori uh, averaged six or seven a game last year, terrific defender, fills a stat sheet. And then obviously these newcomers. I mean, Marquise Jacobs is back, uh, who's a Kansas commit and one of the elite prospects in Illinois. Uh, he's a, a game changer. So, and they also got the Italian Brown transferred in from Morton. Uh, a couple of lesser known names, DeAndre Vortez, a kid from Simeon who transferred and he's a point guard. Sharif Robinson, a long 6'3 transfer from Corliss. So they've got a lot of new blood, new, new bodies. A key for uplift is going to be continuity, uh, cohesiveness. Uh, sometimes that's, that, that, is lacked there and Marquise Jacobs. I mean, if they can move and share the ball and, and not just stand around looking at what Marquise Jacobs is going to do for us, then I think that'll be better for them, but they're going to, they're going to be dangerous just with, with that talent that I mentioned. And then a game changing guard and Marquise Jacobs. Yeah. They're going to be an interesting one. I mean, you can't help but think back to that Farragut, you know, game in the city 
tournament. You know, the Uplift had him at home, should have won that game. Just kind of got, for lack of a better term, you know, they kind of got out west side toughed <laughs> by Farragut. It was an ugly, you know, just rough, tough game. But yeah, Torres Dobbs is one of those guys where, again, not a huge college prospect, but he is going to be one of the really influential players in the city this season, um, without a doubt. So when you've got him and Marquise Jacobs, plus all the guys Joe mentioned, they're they're a tough one. I think they're, I guess if we want to start going tiers, they're probably, right now, in my mind, they're a tier above the Bogan and Kenwood kind of really? unknowns. Uh, yeah. Be- you think Uplift's above Bogan? Yeah. Hmm. I think so, yeah. I think with Dobbs and Jacobs, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Bogan on that one. All right. Um, next up, next question from Quinn. Red West, basically he's asking which super conference has the upper hand. Um, for those of you who don't know, there are probably are some who don't. Basically what happened was the West and the North combined into one conference, and then the Red South and Central combined into the other conference. Um the well, South, was, yeah, the South and Central yeah. is clearly stronger. Right. It's. I'll just run through it quick. Bogan, Brooks, Vocational, Curie, Dunbar, Harlan, Hyde Park, Kenwood, Morgan Park, and Simeon. So you've got, what, one, two, five teams that were pretty much ranked most of the year, so that's half the conference. Um, and then the Red Northwest is Farragut, Lincoln Park, Marshall, North Lawndale, Orr, Prosser, Uplift, Von Steuben, Westinghouse, and Young. So they've got, what, four teams, five teams, I guess, that were ranked, but we don't know what North Lawndale really has back, um, David Forrest and some. So I'd say that definitely the Red South Central is stronger. But I'm not counting out the Northwest. Um Lincoln Park should be much improved. Um, Farragut's got everybody back, but, you know, Wilkins, the big star. North Lawndale will be solid. Basically, Orr and Young are going to be great. So, that's Yeah, I that all play itself out. <laughs> um, and then the third part, city champion picks, Joe. Who wants to pick a city champion before we've seen anyone play in early November? November? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A city champ in November. I, I refuse. I haven't even done my rankings. All right. I'm going to throw one out there just for fun. I don't even know who it is yet. <laughs> I'm looking at the list here. Um, City championship. I am going to. Now, let's remember that who wins the city rarely wins the state. The way things well, are these days. And this year. Well, between 2A, 3A, and 4A, <laughs> you got good odds that they're going to win state. It's true. Um. Because with Orrin 2A, Morgan Park 3A, Young, Simeon, Curie, and 4A. Um, I'm going uh, to go with Morgan Park to win City. Yeah. Just gut uh, weird. Why not? Yeah, I... I I'm passing. Right. Let me let me handle, let me yeah. break it down. I reserve the right to change this like at least four times <laughs> between now <laughs> and the actual tournament starting. But for some reason, I'm just going to go with Morgan Park now. Uh, they got the best player. Plus, we got to find out what transfers are eligible. Yeah, yeah, uh, for everyone. Seriously, right. yeah, that's going to be it's going to be an interesting <laughs> start to the season for sure. All right, we've avoided it, I think, for as long as we possibly can. Um, 
I think we now have to talk about the impending signing day. Yeah, the this will be a short version of a recruiting <laughs> roundup because, you know, Mike, when you start doing what I do as early as I do it as far as evaluations and getting stuff out for college coaches and, uh, you know, basically when they're freshmen and sophomores and, and work your way up, you, by the time they're sophomores, you usually have a pretty good feel for the class as a whole. And sometimes you're wrong and sometimes you're you're spot on. This one, we've been talking about it for two, three years now. I mean, I'm not the only one, but there's plenty of people that have chimed in about this, but it is a bad senior class. And it shows this week by the number of Division I signings that are going to be happening. By my count, we're at about 16 or 17 in the entire class. Now, those of you that are listening and aren't familiar with the numbers – Usually, uh, on average, you're looking at 40, 45, 35 to 45 for sure, Division I players that go Division I in a class. We've had some bad lean years recently. 2012 uh, was as low as we've had in, in, a, in a lot of years. And then 2016, I think there was high 20s, maybe we got to 30 Division I players. So right now we're sitting at 16 or 17 Division I players in the senior class. That's that's unbelievable. When you and now that's not going to be all that signed Division One. I. I can rattle off probably guaranteed another seven, eight names for sure that'll be Division One. You know, Tim Finke down at Champaign Central, Xavier Pinson at Simeon, Drew Peterson at Libertyville, Ryan Davis at Conant. Zion Young at Simeon, Jalen Shaw, Larkin. And those are all Dondre Heckard at Romeoville. Probably has a really good shot at being a division. And there's a few more. But the fact is, you know, I projected there to be 30 a year ago at the most. And I am not sure we'll get to 30. Uh, I think we'll be in the 20s when it's all said and done of players that go sign with Division One schools between November and April which I have to go back and look at the 22-year history of the Hoops Report. There is a potential – the potential is there to have the fewest numbers of Division One signing in, in history. Yeah. How, how's that for uh, a, pre, a preseason get revved up season? Yeah, and it, it's, <laughs> what, what's, what really stinks about it is when we – you know, we're talking recruiting now and individual player evaluations, but – when by and large, when you look at the best teams and the best years of high school basketball, Mike, it's usually a really good senior group because you rely on those seniors yeah. with a bevy of talented young guys waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. And there are some young talented players coming, but man, I mean, you 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 look at where we're at as a whole in our state, and this senior class is just it's just bad. And it's the it's a run here from 2012 through right now that has been very weak in, in, in terms of you know a four or five year stretch, and it, it's you know it's still gonna be a fun, exciting, exhilarating season with 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 a lot to offer. But as far as high level senior basketball, you're just not gonna see much of it. Yeah, 
That about sums it up. And Joe's also using like the lowest possible bar here, which is Division One. I. I mean, if you look at the list of where kids are signing. Yeah, I mean, um, well, if you if you look at the fact of high majors, yeah, we have got well three of them that are going to Iowa State, uh, Illinois, I mean South Florida's teetering on a high major league ish type, but after that, that's it. I mean, we're talking a handful of high major players, and then only probably a handful of mid major players. I mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, we've we're had talking, teams and conferences. We're talking, a, we're talking <laughs> ten to twelve players oh, at the mid-major level or above in one class. That I, that's unheard of. I, I don't know if it's ever happened before. Um. So anyway, they. And it, it's not because these kids are junior college or something either. Like it's some no. year with a bunch of non-qualifiers that are exciting. We don't even have that. Right. And, you know, it, it's alarming. And 2019 is Ugh. is a little better, but it's not great either, Mike. And there will be more Division One players for sure. But 2019 is not like it's bustling out with, with – a ton of high level. I mean, in fact, until Marquise Jacobs came back, yeah. there wasn't one Chicago public league player ranked among the top 10, which has never happened in the history. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure in the history of high school basketball, but for sure in my 22 years of the hoops report. So, so it's, <laughs> there we are. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I think that the, the big story, I mean, the stories of this recruiting period in this week, one, Illinois keeping the top prospect home, Iowa DeSumo, Morgan Park. And then the other big one was just the fact that Iowa State came in here. I mean, you think about it like this. No, there's not very many high majors, Mike, but you would think the limited amount of high majors, they would be almost over-recruited because Illinois is so heavily recruited by programs across the Midwest and beyond that you would think, oh, Here's your high majors in Illinois in the class of 2018. Here are all the schools that are, and, and they did. I mean, there, there's Talon Horton Tucker, Zion Griffin, and George Condit had terrific options, took some great visits, and were there for the taking. And Iowa State just happened to come in and get all three of them. And that, that to me was just a monstrous story in the recruiting front in Illinois that Iowa State comes in, across the border, gets all three high majors, that, A, Illinois offered all three of them. And all three of those, I mean, Taylor Horton Tucker had a great list of schools. I mean, Ohio State and, you know, Michigan, Georgia Tech and Michigan State and Xavier and, and it's Iowa State. George Condit had a surplus of high majors. Zion Griffin, I mean, he, he canceled a visit to Kansas that Kansas was upset that he canceled. And... Again, they're all going. They're my number two, three, and four ranked players in the class going to Iowa State. Yeah, it's a good thing. Iodosumu might have saved the season with his Illinois commitment. I mean, just the traffic on the website, the excitement that brings to high school basketball to have the top player, not just in the state, but in the city and in the public league, going to Illinois. It's just a, a huge shot in the arm of excitement and life for this senior class that was just desperately, desperately needed. Um, I think 
I, I don't. I'm not an Illinois fan. I know a lot of Illinois people think I don't like them. I really don't. I don't care one way or another. But boy, is it just great for high school basketball in this class this year that Io chose Illinois. If you, Mike, look at the commitments and that's coming, and you as the fan writer enthusiast, without you know. Now I'm asking, kind of put your own evaluation hat on. What player do you think, for the fit and level? I'm just curious. What player? Not maybe not the ones we just mentioned. Could be a, a mid major kid or a low major that you think. You look at the school. You look at what his body of work so far and his potential. What you believe? What you think is a was the best? Going to be the best signing commitment. Oh, no question. Uh, Javon Freeman at Valpo. Mm-hmm. He's my guy I, for this year. <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. I mean, in fact, the article, I got an article coming out a couple days, just uh, kind of a recap of the of signing period. And biggest recruiting steal in the class is Javon Freeman to Valpo. Uh, I, I, I just think his upside, his activity, his athleticism, length, he's only going to get better. You know, Valpo is – they're making a step up. They're going from the Horizon League to the Missouri Valley, so they do need to get a player of that level, that caliber, to compete at that level. So that's great for Matt Lodick, but uh, Coach Matt Lodick. But Javon Freeman, is, you're right. I, I we, we agree on that one. All right. The other guys, you know, I've been looking at the list, and there are some players that I would not be surprised to see play themselves into possible you know, division one scholarships during the season, depending on grades and all that kind of stuff. But kind of my quick blow through of that would be obviously Trevon Martin at Curie, um, Danny Smith and Raekwon Drake at Orr, um, Brandon Ellis at Warren, based on what I saw at the end of last season, Eddie Creel, who left my beloved Joliet West for Romeoville, <laughs> but I think he could have a big year. And I really was pretty impressed last year a number of times with Anthony Lynch of Lark, and I could see him turning it on. But I think those are some guys maybe to watch. Yeah, it's just the, it's the again, it's just uh, the the pure the, the the number of prospects available uh, for Division One schools is very slim, and I mean, I'm not trying to burst any bubbles of of these kids, but. It's just, it is what it is at this point. If you are sitting here November 6th, 7th, during signing period and you're not signing and you've got very limited options, yes, you got a full season ahead of you. But, uh, you know, a lot of that work's already been done by college coaches. And, uh, well, maybe it's good for these kids this year that everything could be completely different by the end of the season after the, uh, FBI investigation that's currently going on. <laughs> it could be massive craziness. But anyway, I think um, we've whined about that enough. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and again, it's going to be a, a, a big day for a lot of those kids this week. I mean, and some of these kids we've been talking about a lot. Xavier Castaneda since his freshman year, you know, uh, Ayo DeSumo since he burst on the scene as a freshman year. I give credit a lot of times, because, and you know, Mike, we talk about a lot of kids when they're freshmen and sophomores and how many of them kind of teeter off and don't end up where they're supposed to be. And, um, you know, some of the kids on this list are sitting without either Division One scholarship 
or aren't signing this week that we that that a lot of people pumped up yep. as freshmen and sophomores. And then you've got you've got guys like Castaneda, uh, Desumu, Taylor Horton Tucker, who are you know pretty big names early on, and they and they've lived up to it. So. But then, Kudos you know, to those kids. yeah, we did have guys play themselves into these scholarships this summer, kind of a little bit more than usual. Even though this is a bad class, I'm thinking of you know for a high level, yeah. yeah Ty sure. Mosley, George Condit, and Zion Griffin all played and themselves into it. Maurice Commander, I yeah. mean, oh, yeah, Commander's yeah. going to Tennessee Chattanooga. Who I think after the Javon Freeman one, Commander, Commander is a different player than I think people saw even during the winter. He, he kind of evolved and matured as a point guard for Gene Nolan at Marist, and now he's going to be at Curie. And I just kind of fell in love with Maurice Commander in the spring and summer. And he, he took the Tennessee Chattanooga thing and got it done, and he had some bigger schools, bigger conferences after him. And he just found the right fit for him and committed. So I, he's a scoring point guard, 5'10", who really had a terrific summer. All right, let's call it on that positive note. And tentative plans, everybody. I'd really love to release the Super 25 next week on the podcast and go through it. But that's going to depend on things out of my control a little bit. I'm being real cryptic here. (laughs) Sorry. Big story coming up. um, Sometimes preps world that I've been working on. It's kind of slowed down basketball. But hopefully we can get to the new super 25 next time if not we'll maybe start out with some of our picks for individual awards that kind of stuff but thanks for listening welcome back to a new season and we will see you next week 